a Picasso's freestyle. Let's do it. Hey, eating a couple wings with a couple kings. They're my favorite things. Hey, hey. That's all I got. I'm not a good freestyle rapper. Wait, hold on, let me think for a second. Folks, welcome back. It is Wednesday, and you might know what that means. That means it is what's train wreck watching, brought to you by the boneless bad boys themselves over at Picasso's Pizza. And what's train wreck watching for basically all of 2021, we've been enamored, enthralled, and in love with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, whether it was what if Loki. Falcon and Winter Soldier. It's been, you know, roads that we can make predictions on that are predictable on, but, you know, we kind of have comic book references to go off of. But the cherry on the 2021 Sunday is finally here in the form of the book of Boba Fett. So let's get him in here. We got our number one analyst, the Micah man, Jake Micah, filling in. Now we do have a newsworthy moment here with the book of Boba Fett. Unfortunately, Casali Files, Joe Hollywood out for today's episode with COVID. We are wishing him a speedy and quick recovery. Obviously, from all of our listeners, I know, of course, you, Micah. Of course, yeah. Get well soon, Joe. I hope he's getting some good rest. But I know, you know what? If there's going to be a day that you got to be laid up doing nothing all day, it's a Marvel Wednesday, which now is not a Marvel Wednesday, actually, Disney Wednesday. And I threw threw my own thing. That's why I'm wearing the mouse today, because I had to throw it respect. You gave your beautiful intro there. Um, talking about how we've been, it's been locked in on Marvel all 2021. And then what do we get at the end of 2021 going into 2022? Just more Disney and gives giving us Star Wars and wherever this is going to take us with Boba Fett. I feel like this was easily the most tame of the episodes we're going to get the way it's going to be looking. Some of the chaotic action I think we're going to get coming up, but we'll get into that later. I'm excited to be here. And it was a great day again with Disney Plus and, uh, and a great episode of a new show. Seriously, it was pumped up. And I mean, I don't know about you, but I've been pumped for this, um, you know, really since he made his on-screen return in The Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, mean, yeah. I think we both agree that Mando has played Star Wars perfectly to a fiddle. It's exactly as you want it to be. So mm-hmm. seeing that the creators and the minds behind that were going to be involved with this Book of Boba Fett project, super exciting. But before we get into it, we for did sure. mention Casali was out, but that doesn't mean he is completely out of the lineup. So let's get him in here to give his take on this Book of Boba Fett episode one. Folks, Kasali Files here, ready to get into the Book of Boba Fett. Obviously, it's a little different this time around because I'm not featured on the podcast tonight. I have uh, actually gotten tested positive for COVID. So I'm literally laying on my couch right now, watching movies, trying to get through this. But you know what doesn't stop me? It's Star Wars and it's Boba Fett. I can't believe we're back to witness Boba Fett on the silver screen. And what a debut this was. We got to realize what was going on, what really happened, how Boba survived at the end of Return of the Jedi... And kind of, you know, got brought back in this world miraculously. What Disney Plus has been doing with these Star Wars shows has been nothing but amazing to dive back into the world of a galaxy far, far away. And not only Bobo, we got to meet back up with Fennec Shan. Again, this also takes place 
kind of right after uh, when we see them in Mando Season 2. It was a nice kind of segue in between uh, after Return of the Jedi and then after, you know, what we've seen in Mando. So it's it was just such a great kind of introduction to what this show really can be. And I, again, it's filled with Star Wars stuff. Spoiler alert, we got to find out how Boba Fett survived the Sarlacc Pit, uh, you know, in Return of the Jedi. So... Uh, there was just a lot of great stuff that I really enjoyed. I can't wait to hop back on the podcast next week with the boys and dive deep into this. Again, sadly, I have COVID, so I kind of have to take it easy before I start coughing. But it's okay. It's Star Wars. Star Wars is the cure for everything. And I just can't wait to talk about this some more. But enjoy, folks. Enjoy this episode. Enjoy the boys talking about it. I can't wait. Let's celebrate Star Wars once again. And you can see I'm, our guy, Casale. He, he, he might be down, but never out, Micah. Oh, my God. Bro, I'm, I should have waited to see that before I watched the episode. Now I'm like, I want to go back and watch it again. I'm like re-hyped up. Let's go. Seriously. Let's get into it. Speaking of hype, let's get into it. It is seriously back to basics here. So they don't waste any time. I, I don't want to take too much credit, but I was saying this wasn't something that you can leave for more than the first episode. They get right into it with a jarring flashback as we see Boba Fett mm -hmm. in the Sarlacc. What did you think of this sequence? Did you think it was given its appropriate amount of time, attention? And what did you think of it overall, I guess, for the opening of the Book of Boba Fett? Yeah, I'll give you. I'm gonna give you your props. You deserve that. You were like, I either think it's gonna be the right at the beginning or right at the end of episode one. I didn't know what was gonna happen with the Sarlacc pit, but I thought it was. I, I it was disgusting. I mean, that's my my first initial reaction. I was like, oh man, this is gross. I mean, I guess the inside of a huge monster. I don't it know was horrifying. Like, yeah, it like was the horrifying. fact that you know it was like there was acid <laughs> dripping everywhere. There was a dead stormtrooper carcass. Looked yeah. like maybe he got caught on the wrong patrol. It was absurd. It really took. And again, I hate to, it's the same thing with Mando, but it was just, and again, you're inside the Sarlacc, so maybe this is a stupid thing to say, but between that and the desert montage, I mean, it was just a grittiness that I never felt from the sequel trilogy that I felt oh. all over Mando and all over early here in the Book of Boba. Yeah, and that's um, that's what I loved about this episode to begin with, was just like how down to earth it really was. Like, it's just such a, we've been waiting. I mean, Star Wars fans forever have just been waiting for all these stories we know are out there, like on these planets. We've seen them in different ways. Um, and so if them finally getting to it here with Boba, a character that everybody like, I mean, he's like, he's, everybody loves Boba. And to, to bring us right back to that moment, um, it was dope. I, I, it's, a, it's awesome to just see, they're trying to make him look like a badass this whole episode, right? And I mean, obviously he's a badass, but just like him himself, like what makes Boba Boba tick? Like we know that he's a clone of a bunch of different clones and all this other stuff. And, you know, we've seen him with the armor and the, how what all the cool things that the armor can do and everything. So I thought this beginning and then it was a theme throughout was to show the ways he could be resourceful without when things aren't looking up for him, when he's not just getting paid a billion coins to go kill people, you know? Absolutely. So this is a guy who, what, reputation of a badass, like, super, mm -hmm. like, kick-ass bounty hunter. And I think you summed it up perfectly. I would even go a little bit step further. I'd say they wanted to show you in both lines how he was struggling to kind of survive in this new world. True. The first one is that he was literally struggling physically, like, could not, you know, didn't even have the mm -hmm. energy. And by the way, you'll see this in my in my Maniac Reacts video coming up exclusively at the mm -hmm. end, but my goodness – 
to crawl all the way out of the of the Sarlacc and then die of like exhaustion would just be like the absolute worst like <laughs> hand you could ever be dealt. But oh, also I love this one comment as a when in doubt, flamethrower out. I mean, it was very fair. It was very fair. But yes, establishing that was badass. The the Sorry, resourcefulness, the resourcefulness. I thought he was just getting the oxygen so he could breathe. And I was like, maybe he's just going to climb up this bad boy or something. And I was like, oh, no, he doesn't care about breathing. He's just going to fucking pop a hole. Through this I guy. was that at first. I was like, Genius. is he literally about to suffocate? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, no, he wanted that. No, first no, no. He's absolutely absurd. <laughs> and by the way, are you a big Parks and Rec guy? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that was Pat, Pat Oswalt had the the filibuster where he described his start of episode seven and it was literally this exact start. So it was incredible. <laughs> but yeah, you're seeing, so you got the two openings of, uh, you know, you have again. And so this sets the tone for the book of Boba Fett. I was wondering why mm. they were calling it the book of Boba Fett going into it and everything. Seems like there's going to be two timelines that we're working on predominantly for mm -hmm. this first season. The one with right after he got out of the Sarlacc where we'll ultimately get into what happens there. And the one where we left off at the end of Mandalorian where he takes on Jabba's throne, and now we see he's kind of learning to survive in the Moss Espa yeah. criminal empire. So with that said, um, what annoyed you more? The mayoral Twi'lek, who said that he wasn't going to give a tribute to uh, Boba, or the alien Rodian who who blew his escape when he was trying to get away oh, from, the, uh, from the Tusken Raiders? I'm I'm gonna have to go with the Twilight because the Rodian the Rodian pissed me off, but you could see I mean you knew that guy was gonna he was gonna pussy out. The Rodian was, was like, down bad. It. Like, like you <laughs> he was can't not... hold the, you cannot hold the Rodian accountable for yeah. what he's doing, even though it's way douchier. Like I mean, but the Twilight was just a cocky piece of shit, basically being like your tribute is that I'm here and I'm here to collect money, bitch. Yeah, he was, and he was so passive aggressive about it too. Like he did, he was like not getting to that point at all. The Rodian, like, what's he supposed to believe that bald Boba is gonna get him out of there? Like, is, he doesn't know anything about who this guy is. He's just looking at this idiot that's about to try to get himself loose in front of this whatever that the monsters in the great. We got some great creatures of Tatooine in this episode too. Um, and speaking and, of great creatures of Tatooine, the Cantina Band with Max Rebo is fucking back, baby. Yes, baby. They had a little remix today. They're they're evolving. Ba, 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 ba. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> I, I got so pumped when I heard that remix. It's like and, and it plays perfectly to that Family Guy joke where the only real song they know is the, is the Cantina. <laughs> Let's play that. Hey, what do you want to play? Hey, play the same song again. Thanks. <laughs> I love Family Guy sidebar. Me and my brother have talked about this for like the last three, four weeks that all of our like joke references are Family Guy. And then you literally just dropped another Family Guy reference into this podcast. Yeah. So I appreciate well, you keeping up with the theme of my actual life, too. Well, it's both of our <laughs> lives. And let's face it, Family Guy has a number of uh, Star Wars parodies. So it's that's not true. anything that's foreign to them at all. Um, so, yeah, the themes continue on. You got Fennec Shanbeck. She, I will say, and, and we're just kind of glossing over this first episode because I think that would be the perfect way to do it, honestly. Typically, we get into knee-deep into reviews of the yeah. analysis and all that stuff. This was kind of like a light intro to everything Boba Fett, even the shorter episode. Mm -hmm. um, Fennec Shan, so obvious badass. Like, you have to be to survive in the Tatooine desert or whatever when you've been, you know, backstabbed or backshot, however you want to call it. With yeah. that said... Totally seems like she's the yin to Boba's yang. She's the hothead. She's the quick to pull a trigger, whereas Boba's a little bit more methodical and thought out. You think that that could spell trouble in the future? It serves him well in this episode, ultimately, but uh, you think that could be troublesome? 
Definitely. I mean, especially with the how it seems like it's very politically based everything that boba the world boba's getting into he doesn't realize like the games he has to play i think and she is kind of like on top of the shit and so i think there's going to be a point where he's just too what did he say he wants to rule his empire with respect right like how often is that how often how many empires have succeeded just on respect without a little bit of a lot of little issues so i think he needs the fire but i'm i'm with you she's gonna she's gonna cause some kind of issue and i've honestly since she got introduced in mando i've been like a little bit skeptical of like where she lies and what she's doing like is she just is she tagging on with boba because she thinks it's a good situation at the moment right now and is trying to like make moves off of that and stuff i don't know i've always been kind of skeptical of fennec since they introduced her just because i mean the way they introduced her obviously she was you were supposed to be skeptical of her so now we're trying to see her in a role where we kind of kind of trust her is i don't know i can't buy it fully the whole time Seriously, and they're uh, and speaking of buying back your reputation, how about the Gamorian guards? So these are oh uh, guys. these are basically some, literally our guys. Um, <laughs> they, uh, yeah, like I mean, what an intro! Just talking about how they're loyal, everything like that. Boba, you know, kind of trusts them, which Fennec doesn't necessarily uh, sign off on a thousand percent. But as we get into the, uh, you know, I guess again, I don't know if we'll be looking at each episode this way, but it's almost like two separate climaxes. You have the action scene, yeah, um, with the with the Tuscan child and the and the dog, or the, the Tatooine dog, as I call him, and then you have um, the Tatooine, Tatooine the Tatooine ninja warriors atta- attacking him <laughs> in the uh, Moss Esper thing. Uh, but yeah, what did you think about these Gamorrean guards? Speaking of uh, getting your reputation back. I I'm I'm a big Gamorrean guard fan always love the Gamorrean so I was glad to see them come right in you knew they they just want to be loyal they just want some work you know you get you got to appreciate people going out there trying to grind to get a job so I love these guys and look at what they did right away like they could have left Boba for dead they brought him right back to the right back to the whatever back to boba back to the tank i don't know whatever we can go with whatever back to basics yeah, I'm good with yeah but no no the uh the like literally rewrote their reputation in a second you know you're thinking about these guys and it, and it all and i saw someone else mentioned it was similar to uh the um what was it the the tuscan raiders in boba or in mando what, in group, mando? Did they, what group did they kind of make like you feel better for a man i don't know it was the tuscans yeah they they met okay yeah Yeah. they showed that they were like a normal Mm -hmm. society instead of just being like savages which they're doing again here even though the tuscan children kind of look like they're you know a little rambunctious group at you know chocolate (laughs) cheeses well and i thought it was the the tuscan so yeah this is we're gonna have to figure it out because it's weird to like jump between timelines it is just like but with the tuscans in the in the previous timeline the out of the sarlacc pit timeline not the i guess one can be the java timeline whatever that's we learned about like the different tribes of the tuscan raiders a little bit in mando and i think this was like a good reintroduction to how different they are because this was obviously like not one of the bigger tribes like this was it was a smaller group that was kind of out there together still enough where they were formidable for obviously for a random dude walking out in the desert to get picked up but yes. they were a little group that could fight they could defend themselves and everything but they had to be just some offshoot of the big tribe and that's why they're considering working with and so it's just interesting to see like exploring all these different like guys that everybody star wars people have just wanted to learn more about all these tribes and see all these things so introducing them on this big of a scale is, is just great to see for every for every star wars fan 
So I agree on all accords. And speaking of which, the Jawas, as always, are just scummy thieves. And by the way, <laughs> those Jawas who took the, the armor off of Boba in that scene, they don't even know how much trouble they're in right now. It <laughs> cannot be measured. But speaking of measure, so we mentioned the uh, Tatooine ninja warriors who attack Boba. They're ultimately uh, fought mm-hmm. off by the Gamorrean guards, and one of them is captured by Fennec Shan. And then the other thing we have is a scene where Boba kind of goes on a reconnaissance mission, or I'm not sure with, and and by the way, you brought this up, the timelines, we do need to come up with a way to refer to them. My thinking right now is we can refer to yeah. the the or the earlier one as pre-Mando and the second timeline where he's the crime lord in charge of Mos like as post-Mando. For now, we can come up with something better. So we see in the pre-Mando timeline with the Tuscan child and the, and the dog, the Massif, I guess it's called, um, they see a group kind of looting an outpost or a house looks similar to Luke's, you know, un- aunt and uncles in, uh, in A New Hope. What was the purpose of that scene? Because I, like, was it just to show that crime is happening? And Because they were yes. super prominent about their logo. They definitely yes. want you to know it's the JL gang. This is what I've been waiting for because I think we're just ending up with the gangs of Tatooine or something like out of this show. Like I feel like they're just gonna we because Mando is like the old country western, right? Like this is wow. just gonna be like mafia, like crime bot, like different gangs just all I'm, coming together, taking over Tatooine. That's I'm all thinking, you can ask for, right? I'm thinking gangs of New York with Boba Fett. That's as, what I'm saying. Yes, that's absolutely. what I'm saying. That okay, and that Robert is- Rodriguez is is I mean he's the guy to do it. Like he can he can mush all this together. I'm that's what I'm thinking from this. I think that they're showing us all these different little like we got the Tuscans, we've got the two different gangs that are showing up. We got Boba, we've got the canteen, whatever's going on at the cantina. This was a garbage plate of deliciousness. Mm -hmm. This episode, it was all it was a lot going on. It was a very short episode, but it all played together perfectly. Whether it was the stupid roadie and yelling, whether it was the crazy. desert machine or uh alien that they fought that came up looking for water yeah it was ridiculous and then again so we talk about the themes early in the episode boba working to survive and trying to prove himself and then at the end proves himself and kind of gains respect out of the tuscan raiders and again he's working on proving himself and gaining respect in the post mando storyline by the way as we get we're just a couple minutes here from wrapping up and getting to my maniac reacts to uh boba episode one are you worried about our boy Boba in the post-Mando timeline? He seems to be needed to get back to that back to tank pretty quick. Yeah, I'm a little worried. I, you know, we were as we were reviewing Hawkeye, I was very worried about our guy Clint the whole time. Luckily, um, you know, well, spoiler alert, whatever. I'm not even going to get into it. But yeah, no, it's very concerning because he's spending a lot like those back to tanks are supposed to be like emergency situations. Yeah, like, you're not just supposed to be going in there after you get into a tussle in the street. So I'm wondering. Yeah, I, he doesn't look. I mean, he doesn't look good. He, he's using. He's thing. using the. He's using the the uh, back to tank like LeBron uses a cryobaric <laughs> chamber, and that's just simply not how you're supposed to use it. No, they're, for, not, uh, they're not the equivalent. They're not equivalent. No. Yes, they're not the same thing. <laughs> so speaking of which, and we've talked about the timelines as we, we're getting uh, set to wrap it up here on our inaugural episode of Book of Boba Fett. Which timeline are you ultimately more excited to see in episode two? Uh, the pre-Mando, mm. where he's, he's with the Tuscan Raiders, and he's finally earned their respect. Or the post-Mando, where he's now recovering from being kind of embarrassed and working to find his place in this Moss Espa crime world. I think the pre-Mando timeline I'm more interested in, because I'm interested to see what this relationship is with this Tuscan Raider child, and if anything is coming out of it. Now, maybe this was just a one-episode interaction, and... 
maybe the pre-Mando stuff is going to be more like actual Mando where he's kind of going around to different groups and helping them out. So maybe Boba is like similarly doing that. So he, I don't know, he didn't, well, I guess he did help the, the, uh, Tuscan Raiders out. So, but that's what I'm most interested in is pre-Mando to see what he's kind of doing. Like, is he helping, is he going to start working with this tribe now and helping them do stuff? Like, how does he get, how does he get around? Like, how does he gain any other prominence? He doesn't have any weapons. He doesn't have, no one knows where he is. He's obviously not working with the empire at this moment. They think he, they left him for dead. They were just like, Oh, Boba's gone. Whatever. We'll see him later, which I guess you kind of assume when you fall into a pit, but um, literally fall into, <laughs> fall into a pit. Yeah. They're going to leave you. They're probably going to do that. But um, I just think, yeah, I think pre Mando just to see what is going to, what the storyline is going to be. Is it going to be him like adventuring a little bit? And like, maybe we see, people that are we're gonna see in the same time like he maybe he right did did right by them and they come in for a save later on or did wrong by somebody and that's why we're gonna be getting like these little hints when the the word of his power and his reign starts getting out to the other galaxies because i'm sure this is this is fairly new so the word probably hasn't spread that boba's in charge yet but i'm sure that once people find out like hey boba fett is the crime lord on tatooine there's gonna be a lot of enemies that come around right so yeah agreed you know just like the avengers bringing on you know big enemies and things like that him being in that role is going to be crazy and it's going to be very insane to see which is all the crazier that i agree with you and i'm looking forward to this pre-mando timeline Mm -hmm. because i think that he's going to probably leverage someone that owes him it's going to be and i'm wondering was was java's sail barge like the met gala of the year for tatooine (laughs) like did everybody know the party was happening and that like you know Boba fell into the Sarlacc and all this stuff. So I'm very interested to see how they react in the immediate future. And I think in the long game, that road ultimately ends with him crisping those Jawas that stole mm. his armor because he's going to find out it was them that ultimately gave it to uh, Din Jaren, or as uh, our friends call him, Mando, um, <laughs> as he's trying to track him down. You really there. just want these Jawas to get well, their justice. Well, well, I mean, let's face it. When you saw them doing that, you know what the vibe it gave me was when uh, – was when they steal his car and kill his dog in John Wick. Like he was, he was That's down true. on his luck. Yeah. He was yeah. literally at his worst of his worst, and you came and you like took advantage of him in that situation. And this is Boba Fett. Yes. So That's true. I'm with you. I'm with you. One thing here before we get to our my ridiculous reactions to this episode. <laughs> Shout out everybody tuning in to what's Train Art watching on Picasso's Pizza. What's uh one thing you want to see uh maybe in episode two or beyond as this series uh continues on, Micah? All right, so we are in a post M where I, I want to see I want to see Luke. I want to see we got him at the end of Man Mando. I want to see some kind of interaction, especially if he heard that Boba was on Tatooine running some shit. I feel like he's about to check in on that at some point. So if we're getting flashbacks, I want I, that's the guy I want to see pop up again. I know we already got it one time, whatever. I, I'm I'm looking forward to that again. But if we don't get any Jedi appearances, um, I do really want to know more about how Jabba kind of run the crime his crime syndicate and what the differences are going to be maybe some storytelling into what Jabba was doing too and maybe that's what the uh the pre-Mando timeline is going to explore a little bit too but seeing the intricacies of Jabba's empire is just as interesting as seeing what Boba's going to do with it too I think you just got me so excited too because I just realized that Boba Fett has basically grew up in a world where the empire rose to power, but now mm-hmm. he's going to probably return from what's ever going on with this Tuscan Raider. And for the first time, basically the empire will be in shambles yeah. and it'll be absolutely done. So, 
So super exciting to see. But you know here at Watch Trainer watching, we are never done, so we can't wait for more Book of Boba Fett. So coming up right now, folks, we're going to let Micah go. It's going to continue on with my live reactions from watching this Book of Boba Fett episode. Might make this his own series. Might get canceled after one. You never know. But that's why we do it. We love this this IP. We love this you know, product. We love these characters. We love this world. Respect the mouse. Respect the mouse. And you know here at What's Trainer Up Watching, it's always about next, next week's, week's episode. episode.